Blog Talk Radio. featured 
just a 60-minute clip of her and I just having a conversation. So that is the featured show for right now. So, guys, go out there, take a listen to it. You will learn quite a bit. You know, we hit on a variety of topics, but, you know, we a lot of these topics, you know, all of the information can be found in her book, Godless Americana. So get out there, buy the book. Um, she has another book called Moral Combat, and, you know, wonderful book. You all will truly enjoy it. And we had a couple of questions for her last week. Uh, we had a young man that called in, and he was asking about the black community and why we vote Democratic when most of our views and values are conservative in nature. So I wrote Dr. Hutchinson, and she responded, and I'm going to give you the short answer, okay? And basically the short answer is that as pro-corporate and status quo as the Democrats are, they have historically, beginning with the New Deal, pursued public policies that acknowledge the state's obligation to provide health care, education, transportation, employment, and workplace protections, reproductive choice, birth control, unionization, defined benefits, subsidized housing, and so on, while the GOP has been hell-bent on destroying said policies in the name of free enterprise for the poor and corporate welfare in the form of inequitable taxation and subsidies for the super wealthy, big business, power, oil, and auto companies. And what goes on. So that was her response to your question. I hope that answered it for you. And there was someone else in the chat room claiming that um, Dr. Hutchinson was um, <laughs> basically trying to tell us to disavow you know, feminism, homosexuality, and atheism. And as I indicated to you in the chat room, that was incorrect, and she confirmed that as well. So, you know, I was correct. I knew exactly what she meant, and I just wanted to clarify that for those two people that had questions. There were other questions, but it's kind of all-encompassing there. And next Sunday, you know, I'm just going to tell you all about the next three shows that are coming up. Next Sunday's show, I will be talking about fear, guilt, and shame, the strongholds of religion. So I want to talk about that. Sunday after that, I'll be talking about um, stereotypes of black women, where those stereotypes originated from. So that will be that show. And on May the 19th, three weeks from now, I'll have Dr. Chris Cameron on the show. And we're going to talk about his um, journey, we'll be talking about free thought history, um, he's a professor, and, you know, it should be a really, really good show. Um, I had to cancel last night's show um, talking about sexuality, we were going to talk about uh, kink, fetishes, BDSM, and I canceled it last night, I'm rescheduling it for this Friday coming. So I just want to let you guys know that, that you know, we're definitely going to have that show. So, you know... It's, it's, it's been interesting. Um, guys, so like I said, you know, the telephone number is 310-982-4273. You can also Skype into the show. And, guys, you have to press 1 to let me know that you're there and that you want to speak, and I'll pull you right into the conversation. But, yeah, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about hip-hop and homophobia today. You know, I was going to talk a little bit about Benny Hinn and Juanita Bynum, but you all have read those stories. Benny Hinn is claiming God needs more money, and Juanita Bynum apparently needs some money because she was arrested in Dallas for not uh, paying her debt. But anyway, without further ado, let's pull the guys in. 
Let's see here. It was great and on the line there. Hey, how and, you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. And I, this is Tombstone 202. Is that you? I don't know. We were having problems trying to get in. We were trying to come in uh, together. I think they need to be added at, on the friend um, on Skype as friends or something like that. Oh, okay. Or with the, yeah, with the Skype, they just have to click the blue S. That's the only oh, okay. way to Skype into the show. Okay, I'll let them know. Thank you. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, so, you know, while we're getting that situated, you know, not only are we going to be talking, well, today we're going to be talking about homophobia and hip-hop, but, you know, one day we're going to have another conversation talking about um, some other lyrics to some of these songs. You know, I'll give you all one example from Bill Bill DeVoe on their song, Dooney. And I'll just give you a couple of the lyrics here. And it says, girl, let your hair down, take your clothes off, and leave on your shoes. Would you mind if I look at you for a moment before I make sweet love? Now, here's the kicker. Backstage, underage, adolescent, how you doing? Fine, sugar pie. I like to do the wild thing. Action took place. Kind of wet. How did they get away with that? Anyway. How how did they get away with that? <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's, and it's just interesting how all of that goes. And you have Mario on the line with us as well. But, you know, there are a lot of lyrics out there. And, Again, um, one movie that I would implore everyone to go and, you know, at least see it for themselves, and that would be hip-hop, Beyond Beats and Rhymes. And, you know, the director, Byron Hurd, he did a really, really good job with this film. And it's only like an hour, hour and change, but it talks about hypermasculinity, it talks about misogyny, it talks about homophobia, it even goes into homoeroticism, you know, the hypermasculinity, and um, and also fraternity cultures about bonding men together. It's just it's interesting, you know. It's just there are varying ways in which you can look at um, these particular issues, and you know uh, what does and does not meet some of our more stricter gender-based roles and expectations in our culture. So, you know, guys, you know, go out. And take a look at um let me see here. You have four one oh. Did that see guys? No. Hello? Hey. That is Tombstone. Hey Tombstone, how are you? All right. All right, we got Tombstone and Gray on the phone and waiting on Seagats here, but we can get started, guys, you know, talking a little bit about hip-hop and homophobia there. You know, I guess my first question to you guys would be, what is hip-hop to you? How do you define hip-hop? Um, all right, well, let, let me, I guess, uh, give you the, 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 the long answer, I guess, and the short answer at the same time. <laughs> because cause Grand Unified it, itself as an organization is working to kind of redefine the 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 usage of the tool set that is hip hop. But to answer your question more directly, hip hop is the soundtrack of the urban community that was born out of the 80s. And it's a tool set that encompasses everything from graffiti to DJing to MCing uh to knowledge to fashion. I mean, these are all integral parts of what we call hip-hop. And it came out of a time 
in American history where the urban community didn't really have a creative voice the way that you right. know a young black or a young Hispanic male or even a young white male can pick up a, a microphone and be able to have his voice heard amongst millions of people. So to me, the, 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 the most direct answer to that question is that hip-hop is a tool set, the tool set that encompasses those five things that we talked about earlier. I think I'm, I forgot about b-boying, but people assume <laughs> that. Breakdancing is, is definitely a part of that. So breakdancing, graffiti, emceeing, uh, you know, knowledge, fashion, all of those things uh, are incorporated into hip-hop. That would be my answer. And then Grand Unified, from, from a collective, uh, we try to use hip-hop to educate and inform people. So, um, you know, we're all avid, you know, science lovers and, and information junkies. So all the stuff that we consume from an informational perspective comes out in our music. So we like to use the tool set for that, to educate and inform people. That would be my answer. I don't know, Tombstone, what you got? Uh, actually, I would do exactly that. The only thing, other thing I would add is, you know, the the, the breakdown of the word itself. Um, hip, that word was used as a slang for somebody, you know, when you said, I'm hip to that. I have knowledge of that. Hop is a movement. So I always look at hip-hop like it's a knowledge movement, you know. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent, and, you know, we definitely have to recognize DJ Cool Herc and Africa Bambata. You know, they Absolutely. started. Absolutely. Yes. I've been around for a long time. It's, it's just it's funny because just watching the evolution of hip-hop and what it has turned to turned into today, it's, it's, it's been interesting on how it has, you know, crossed the nation because for a while the only people that the radios would play was from the East Coast. And one day we woke up and there was this group called NWA. And, <laughs> and everybody was like, where did these guys come from? They're from the West Coast. No, we're not going to play them. And, you know, turned out they turned into one of the biggest hip-hop acts out there. You know, Easy e and the crew and one of the – and Seagats is on the line with us now. And to one of the biggest hip-hop groups out there and – you know, we got one of the best DJs, you know, one of my favorites, you know, Dr. Dre. He came from, mm-hmm. you know, NWA, you know, had some of the best beats out there. You know, you know, I, I like the whole process there. You know, I think Jay Dilla was a wonderful producer mm-hmm. and DJ, um, underrated Absolutely. DJ Jazzy Jeff. A lot of people don't realize yes. he's Jazzy fantastic. You know, so, you know, we have a lot of great people out there. There are a lot of lessons to learn. When hip-hop first started, and, you know, guys, you know, you chime in, when hip-hop first started, they were trying to tell a story. They were trying to, you know, show everybody what we were dealing with as a culture and trying to convey positive messages, you know, public enemy, even though there was homophobic, you know, lines coming out of some of their music, the majority of their music was about enlightenment, Right. People enlightening the community and enlightening the public about what was happening in our community. We have Seagats on the phone. You know, Seagats, what is your definition of hip-hop? My definition of hip-hop, um, it's, it's a lot of different things. Well, I think hip-hop overall is the culture um, that encompasses uh, all different kinds of elements, uh, you know, 
first and foremost, you got you know rapping, you've got emceeing, you've got the DJing, you've got uh, breaking, um, you know gra- graffiti artists. All of that is what encompasses hip hop to me. Excellent, excellent. Do you all mind sharing who some of your favorite songs and artists are? Ooh, that's oh man, that's an open up a can of worms with hip hop. That's the whole conversation to be about that. Got a, got a couple of weeks, got a couple of weeks to spare. Or... <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess I would have to start with um, right now. My favorite MC, hands down, is uh, Elzai, uh, mm-hmm. formerly of uh, Slum Village. I don't know a lot. I don't know if a whole lot of people are familiar with him, but I think as an overall package, as an MC, he has everything that you could ever ask for out of an MC. He's got, you know, lyrics. He's got, you know, a dope flow, a good grasp of concepts. Like all his songs. I don't know if anyone's ever heard the album, uh, the preface. To me, that's a classic album. It's so underrated, and he's an underrated MC for sure. Um, I would go with as far as my influences, currently my favorite rappers, you know, because I, I try to expose myself um, to a lot of different people. I, you know, I'm going to abstain on currently, but my influences, uh, you know, people know I'm a huge cannabis fan. I grew up inspired by cannabis and his style of hip hop, which was a very information based style of hip hop. And that's what drew me to, to start rapping, because, I mean, I was exposed to you know, N.W.A. and Cube and uh, Snoop and all those guys, before I decided to start rapping, what made me want to start rapping was hearing a guy say, as the universe expands, I contemplate whether it was God or the Big Bang that made man. Hearing something like that will be like, wait, what did he just say? I, I know what these other guys are saying about banging and killing and shooting and all that stuff, but he just asked something. He just proposed something to me. And he didn't come at me like I was stupid. And that's what I right. always respected about cannabis. So I'd say the reason why, you know, I even picked up rapping and, and my favorite all-time rapper is cannabis. Right. Mine, um, I'm, I'm older than these guys. So my early, early influence was like, you know, Rakim. Uh, the first time I heard Rakim, to me, it, it, it like it put a, a sort of bookmark in my hip-hop experience, because before then, a lot of the rappers that I was listening to then, they were doing the call-and-response type hip-hop, you know, uh, Run DMC and, and some of the other guys, even before them. But Rakim, his flow, to me, was like a... It, yeah. it was so much different than anybody else that it came before that. And and that influenced a lot of my style. Then, um, as I grew older and started doing, you know, writing more, there was various different rappers that I would say that I uh, was a student under, um, from Big Daddy, everything from his flow and the way he, uh, he yeah. would do his punchlines, you know what I mean, yeah. to um, Cool G Rap, you know, well, mm-hmm. it was a lot of them over the, over the course of the years, because I'm about 13, so it's, it's, it's been plenty of them. Um, as far as currently... One of my favorite right now that I'm listening to in heavy rotation right now is R.A. the Rugged Man. You know, I, I like I dig his flow. I dig the way he puts his uh, bars together. Another Long Island MC, by the way. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> don't feel bad, Tombstone. You, you know, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're old because, you know, you and I sing like we're in the same category. I have been here mm-hmm. since the inception. And, you know, we had a lot of great people. I freaked somebody out a little while ago because I started singing some Wu-Tang and ODB. And they were like, mm-hmm. what do you know about that? <laughs> 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 but you know, I love me some tribe. Of course, I love Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. I absolutely yeah. love me some Wu Tang. But we can't forget the ladies. The first lady of you know hip hop, in my opinion, Lauren Hill. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm. I see, and I would disagree. But this is not about that. So <laughs> this is not about Lauren Hill. I'm saying, I'm saying, come on. Now. <laughs> yeah. She's the first MC one to make me actually pay attention to right. female MCs with MC yeah. Light. She, yeah. Yeah, and Missy. Missy, she was a, you know, um, she was a rapper as well as a producer and a singer, her and the Queen. They did right. it all. And that's another MC I felt like didn't really get her just due. Missy was a lot doper than people gave her credit. And when that's we right. talk about female MCs, she's usually in the, not even in the top ten mentioned. And that's true. Three. That's very true. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Missy, you know, she she was all around. You know, she was a triple threat. And she could dance. I mean, she was just absolutely phenomenal. You know, she's still around, so we can't, you know, count her out. But, you know, over the years, you know, things have changed in hip-hop. And, you know, hopefully for the better. And because, you know, I went back and was doing some research. And one hip-hop artist current one that I really like a lot is Frank Ocean. And, you know, I believe that, you know, he's kind of opening a lot of doors. You know, he's intersectional. So, you know, when he came out as bisexual, you know, number one, I thought that it took a lot of guts and a lot of courage on his behalf. I'm sorry, who are we talking about? Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. I can kind of figure that's who we're talking about. Yeah, Frank Ocean. Um, you know, someone in our community, you have Imani the Misfit. You know, he was marketing himself as, you know, the bisexual rapper. You know, he's not doing music anymore, but, you know, he wrote the theme song to the show and, you know, just wanted to definitely let him know that, you know, we care about him, we're still thinking about him. Hopefully one day he'll come back into music. I just think he was a little bit ahead of his time. But, you know, mm-hmm. things doors are opening. But, you know, we take it all the way back to 1982 with Grandmaster Flash when they released mm-hmm. the song The Message, right? And mm-hmm. basically um, it was talking about a homeless woman who used to be a quote-unquote fag hag. And another verse I remember was, that. Yeah, you know, the stick-up kids up for an eight-year bid. Once in prison, your manhood is took, and you're a Maytag then in the next two years as an undercover fag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this, you know, it goes back a long way. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the Beastie Boys album, Licensed to Ill, the original name of that album, or what they wanted to name it was Don't Be a Faggot. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the record company refused to do it and um actually Ad Rock he you know wrote to the new to the time out in New York in nineteen ninety nine specifically to formally apologize to the entire gay and lesbian community for the shitty and wow. ignorant things we said on our first record. Wow. Yeah, you know, and it goes way back even Will Smith, you know, back in nineteen eighty eight, he told AIDS victims to be quiet. 
And, you know, but this was way back when, you know, he was younger, but, you know, he was talking to the audience, and he said, mm-hmm. all, the ugly, all the ugly people, be quiet. All the filthy, stinking, nasty people, be quiet. All the homeboys that got AIDS, be quiet. All the girls out there that don't like guys, be quiet. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's all on tape, you know, but he came out in support of same-sex marriage, and basically he said if anybody can find someone to love them and to help them through this difficult thing we call life, I support them in any shape or form. And, you know, there are a lot of different examples. You know, another, you know, hip-hop group that was notorious for X-Clan. I don't know if you all remember them. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was a fan of that, too, as a matter of fact. I do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, X to the East. But, yeah, I remember those guys. And, you know, you know, had some nice beats. Um, mm-hmm. and so again, NWA, I mean, we can cite, you know, example after example, NWA, you know, Public Enemy, um, and, you know, one person that basically took a hit from the homophobia, Big Daddy Kane. Someone mentioned him mm-hmm. earlier. His career took a nosedive over those age rumors. Yep, I remember that too. <laughs> I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it was interesting, um, you know, and it's, it's just interesting how, you know, all of that went down. Now, Tribe Call Quest, one of my favorites, Tribe and De La Soul, two of my favorite groups ever. And, you know, even they, you know, regrettably, they made, you know, a tune called, that was, and it was never released, but it was called Georgie Porgy, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. basically it was the original version of show business. And basically it's talking about, you know, the music business and how, disheartening it could be, but, you know, the lyrics went, like, getting done up the butt box. Oh, my God, how gross can that be? Well, anyway, better him than me. And then Q-Tip said, um, call me homophobic, but I know it, and you know it, you're filthy and funny to the utmost exponent. And, you know, Grand Pooba, you know, called the verse probably one of the best verses he ever wrote. And, you know, the, the label wouldn't release the song because he refused to remove the verse. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. this is interesting. Go ahead, dear. Well, um, oh. I think a lot of that, it was it was something that was accepted at the time because there was an overall, especially early on, an overall theme in hip-hop was this macho, machismo, hyper-masculinity, mm. you know, and... Because that was an ongoing theme, if you wanted to uh, cut down your opponent in your rhyme, you question their masculinity. And it's really not even just a hip-hop thing. It's just like a, a societal thing in general. If you look, if you grab get a bunch of kids, a bunch of little boys together, and they start ragging with each other and roasting each other, one of the first things they'll go for is they'll cut down the other guy's uh, masculinity. And, and I think it's just something that because society in general had these attitudes about uh, homosexuals and stuff, it filtered into the music. Because these, these people that were doing the music, they didn't come from Mars. They came from the same society where a lot of those things were being uh, put out there and, and put into the minds of the people and stuff. Certain attitudes they already, that society already had, they just filtered into the music. And because the music was such a, a masculine expression at one point, that became like somewhat of, I wouldn't say dominant, but it was it was to be expected, I mean, across 
various different types of artists, too, because you, you had the gangster rappers that would do it, and you had the not-so-gangster rappers that would have those same things in their um, songs. Right. And um, and uh, I think it's interesting, though, that it was so prominent in hip-hop, because if you look at other uh, music forms, like if you look at like even like rock and roll, look at artists like David Bowie, and um, there's mm-hmm. a group, there's a group back in the '60s called the New York Dolls. They were dudes that dressed up like females. Right, and right. It, it seems like like hip hop has the strongest disdain towards you know people like that. It's just it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I I think that there's something else that we have to look at too because I think the common theme is that you got these uh, anti-gay what you would call them anti-gay lyrics from all men you didn't cite one Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I will say to that is there's somehow in our culture not just in hip hop but in our culture negative connotation or a negative association with being a woman Simply being born as a woman and not being born as a man, which is what your father wanted, right? Which is what your father wanted is the boy. So if you're a girl, you're already born like, oh, well, you're a girl. You're going to get penetrated. There's a negative connotation with being penetrated. Somehow that person is worth less than the person doing the penetrating. So you got people who will say, like, like you said in the lyrics, better him than me. He could have easily said, well, at least I'm the one doing the effing. At least on the right, you know, because he's the one not being penetrated, which is what this is all about, right? So there's something wrong with how we view our females, with how we view the vagina, how we view Mm -hmm. penetration or being penetrated to begin with. That's where the education, I think, or the re-education should start, because there shouldn't be this expectation of the boy uh, so that he can carry on the legacy, because there are great women throughout history who have built their own legacies and carried their own legacies. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows, but, you know, Jay-Z changed his name to Knowles. Right. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Did he? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. So it's, uh, with the idea about there's some being some negative connotation with being a woman or having an any instead of an Audi, for you know, it, it just seems like it's, it's something that we need to start there. Oh yeah, but see, but that takes us into a, a different direction somewhat because you know we talked about it on a show a few weeks ago. Whereas you have some men, and again, we have we have to have a real talk about sexuality because I was talking about you know tops and bottoms, and again, I'll define tops are generally the ones that are doing the penetrating, bottoms are the ones that are receiving the penetration. Okay, now there are some men that you know will have you know relations with another man, but because they're on top, they don't believe that they're gay or bisexual. I've heard I've heard of that before. I've, I've heard, heard that, that too, yeah. same sentiment. Yeah, I've heard that sentiment. Yeah, definitely, and we have to get beyond these stigmas. You know. People enjoy what they enjoy, you know, whether, you know, and we should be able to accept people as who they are. But, again, it's about getting the conversation out there, making people comfortable with their sexuality, telling, you know, basically educating people so that they can accept one another because one of the things that I'm finding interesting, especially in our, you know, hyper-political environment and hyper-religious environments that we're dealing with, 
is that, you know, sexuality is deemed as a bad thing. While they run and try to do their business, if you will, undercover, and, mm-hmm. and again, going back to, you know, the hyper-masculinity, you know, some of the ones that are out here yelling about homosexuality the most or against it or offended by it, many of them have been caught as, oh, yeah. you know, being, you know, um, gay or bisexual. And Which again, is why it's so hilarious when people are so objective to it. Right, exactly. Because it makes you wonder. It makes mm-hmm. you wonder, why are you so so hyped up on that to, the, to that degree? Like, what are you hiding over there? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like you can present facts or data to these people because they're going to ignore that anyway. It's hatred turned inside mm-hmm. out, really. That's what it is. Right. Inver- in- inverse hatred. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's something within it yourself you're insecure about, so you got to lash out at everybody else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, that's the reason why, you know, we put out appeals out there, and, you know, I think we should do some type of campaign just in general, you know, in solidarity with the No Hate campaign, letting those young folks know that they're definitely not alone out there and that there is nothing wrong with being gay, nothing at all. If that's who you are, be who you are. Don't take your life over the, over that because there are plenty of people out here that care about you and want to see nothing but the best for you. So, you know, you guys, you know, do you believe that we're going in the right direction as far as hip-hop is concerned? Do you believe that the homophobia is starting to wane away, or are they just hiding it a little bit better now? Uh, I think, I don't know, I think, one, the entire conversation in hip-hop has really changed over the years, period. Um, there was a time when it was more um, socially uh, uh, active. Uh, you would have you had rappers that had some con- content in their songs, and they would talk about issues and things like that. It's a lot less of that in the mainstream now. A lot less of that. So I don't think that the conversation, that particular conversation, is even being had in their music anymore. It's just not. Um, as far as on another level, you know, there are plenty of um, homosexuals in the music industry, and I think that at a certain point, people need to recognize the fact that a lot of Part of their success has been because of homosexuals. So the same person that you're uh, bashing and, and, and talking down on, you know, has helped you in your career. You know, so it's like I don't believe that the conversation is actually being had in the same way that we used to talk about other things in rap, strictly because rap music doesn't talk about anything anymore. There you go. There you go. We have a question from the chat room. They wanted to know why is hip hop so reliant on hyper masculinity in those portrayals? Hmm. Yes. That is a good question. I, I think because, and I'm going pretty far back, and I think it starts in the slave slave days. Really, I mean, we, we had uh, a masculinity stripped from us. Um, hmm. And that's that's a process that's been ongoing, maybe not overtly through being whipped and, 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 you know, made to work for anyone, but the mentality that existed back then absolutely has had a domino effect on, on the future generations. I think, um, you know, we had our masculinity stripped from us during slavery, so it's just been an ongoing battle to show that, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man, I, I can, 
you know, do this. I'm a manly man. Right, yeah, I'm a manly yeah, man, yeah. and I can, nice. I can, you know, I can hold down my family. I can hold down myself. I don't need anybody. I'm, you know, be, being homosexual. I'm not soft. Right, I'm not soft, and homosexuality mm-hmm. obviously has been equated with being soft, which, as we all know, isn't always the case. Because I know, sure I, I know some homosexuals that will knock you the hell out. Right. You know, right. more, more, more so than wimpy right. straight dude. So I mean, you that's know. right. Um, I look at it kind of like uh, there's a certain there's a certain the way we look at victims, and and it seems like anytime someone's masculinity is being challenged, they take on the burden of being the victim if any part of that is true. So we look at it and, and, and we say, you know, as, as boys, well, men can't be victims. And so it, it seems like there's this whole thing about not being a victim, and that's why I'm going to be hyper-masculine because a real man would never be a victim like that. Right. And a real man would always – a real man would stop a person from, from doing something like that to him, or a real man would do this, or a real man would do that. There's a lot of, of, of false – and phony definitions about what real men are. We don't have very many real men in our culture. And so exactly. we make up these definitions about what real men are. And really, what's a real man? Why can't we just be a real person, man only? Like, right. Why do we even have to, you know, inject the word, you know, the, you know, differentiate between genders? You know, a real person, I think they treat other no way, people yes. like they want to be treated, hands down, that's it. Right. I don't know, I think, too, like I said, once again, a lot of these themes and these uh, these social archetypes, they've been, like, you know, pressed in the media, too. Like, when I was growing up, you know, they had all kinds of uh, uh, movies and stuff like that based on, and, and, the, and the main protagonist was this hyper-masculine, you know, manly man that was doing this and doing that and doing that, and I think a lot of those themes just hit. Like, hip-hop did not was not created in a vacuum. It was created as a part of the American culture. Mm. Like a lot of these issues are firmly rooted in the American culture, period. Are these themes that these added? I think hip-hop absorbed you know? I think with hip-hop, it, it makes it easier to target because the lyrics tend to be, we, you know, we, we can't hide behind, you know, a guitar. You know, it's... A washed-out guitar. Yeah, right, right, like right. you can't put a lot of right. effects on a rapper and him him be effective. So when you hear a rapper say something without anything drowning him out, it's a little bit more potent. So you, I think it's exactly. more, there's more credibility and more validity given to it. But we don't look at, we don't demean the entire, or I'm sorry, that, that's the wrong word. We don't, uh, the entire culture of other genres aren't guilty as a whole because one song says something. True. Whereas in hip hop, right. It's like it's it's a knock against the entire culture, and my problem mm-hmm. is, why do we allow that? Why do we allow these specific parsed quotes to be a knock on the entire culture? Yes, there are a lot of negative aspects about it. There are aspects about the culture we need to change, and slowly but surely they are changing. But hip hop is still in, in its infancy. Hip hop is, you know. 40, about 40 years 40 old. 40 years old, maybe. And yeah. we still have 20-year-olds speaking for it. Yeah. yeah. How about that? How about yeah, that? Well, 
Well, it's sort of like how uh, with metal music, you know, you had a couple of songs back in the 80s referencing Satan, so now all metal music is mm-hmm. say, satanic. So, I mean, you know, people just need it seems like Yeah, when they don't understand, ah. they have to demonize it somehow. It's judged by its worst example. Exactly. I think we let the broad brush happen with the uh, just saying, ah, hip-hop is homophobic, when we know that that's covering, when you say hip-hop, you're talking about the, the beatboxer, the DJ, the graph artist, exactly. the, MC, the B-boy, and the B-girl. And we let that happen because ever since um, we let them label some hip-hop called and they called it gangster rap we've been letting mm. them frame the narrative people who That's are not hip-hop heads people who are That's not true. hip-hop artists we've but been letting I, them frame the narrative since but the i 90s. disagree i disagree with the with the i guess the label of gangster rap because if you're living in la in the 80s and 90s whether you called it gangster rap or not these dudes were talking about the relations between bloods and crips and how our young black Men and women were dying over it. So you could call it gangster rap, or you could not call it gangster rap. It was talking about gangster stuff. That's, that's if if that artist is talking about that. But if they're just uh, if they're just talking about being drug dealers that are just just tribalism in general, and there isn't an actual um there isn't an actual color and a gang and like a specific uniform and handshake to it, then they're not actually talking about that specific lifestyle or that specific set of activities. But aren't so you then doing we, the we, same we, thing, though? Aren't you defining the narrative of hip hop based on your own perceptions and views and your biases? No, I let I let the uh, I let the MCs do that. Like uh, in a 1994 uh, issue of The Source, where they had um, uh, Spice One, Scarface, MC8, and South Central Cartel meet up, and they decided they wanted to call what they were doing reality rap. So I let, I let them do it, and that actually that ran for years. Even when um when Cash Money and guys were coming out, when their albums came out, like the other uh, reviewers and what have you, they would respect that and call it reality rap. So actually, th- those artists did that themselves. Like uh, and how like E40 and Be Legit and guys like that, they labeled their own sound mob music at so that time. So when you in the say 90s. they, so when you say they labeling it, are you talking about the C. Dolores Tuckers and the the the, 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 the Dolores the, Tuckers and the Calvin Butts, the people on the outside. Okay. Well, okay. Just yeah, to be clear, rolling cassette tapes. Dolores, yeah, but Dolores, she got a lot of heat, and some of what she said, you know, had you know some validity to it. And you know, Tupac, the song "You Wonder Why They Call You Bitch," he wrote that about her, Dolores Tucker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I remember. Guys out there, go look that up. Yeah, on the uh, on the All Eyes on Me album, uh, disc two. Exactly, exactly. The same along the same lines, but basically, you know, um, you know, someone in the chat room was talking about what about hip hop and the veneration of crime and criminal figures. So they were talking about Rick Ross and Fifty Cent and you know mm-hmm. the uh, you know the mafia family up out of New York, you know, and you know the black mafia. It's just why. You know, that's something that I've never understood, and I've been a part of this culture. And I understand it, but yet I don't understand it. And, you know, trying to emulate, you know, uh, a culture, another culture, that, you know, doesn't have any respect for yours. That's very true. I also think, too, that has a lot to do with the fact of their culture being devalued, not just in the eyes of, of everyone else, but in their eyes, too, because, you know, 
whatever whatever uh, African Americans were going through and, and the different struggles and stuff and the way they expressed themselves, it wasn't valued by a large society. It wasn't. So if you're a kid at home and, and you're watching the, uh, Godfather and you're watching uh, Scarface or one of these other type of movies, that tends to like they they promote it as if this is like the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, he's 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 the coolest guy ever. These look at the mafia; they're cool, you know. So they try to emulate that because whatever it is their culture was, it was undervalued. It was looked at like it was that that's nothing. That has no value to it. So they latched on the fact that they saw this is value. That's why you see a lot of those uh, scenes. And, and hip hop with hip mafia, Gambino, this and another. And it's like you say, you know, he really didn't have a whole lot of respect for African American culture, but Exactly. Exactly. And so do you see it do you see I won't say sanitizing because there is this um hashtag, you know, trending on um Twitter called Black mm-hmm. Privilege. And one of my responses were I'm sorry, it's called what? Black privilege. Okay. And one of my responses were, black privilege is being told that everything that we do is wrong and backwards, and the mainstream finding a way to monetize and profit from it. See, it's wrong when we do it, but when someone can figure out how to make money from it, then it's okay, and then they want to sell that image. So with that being said, you know, how do you feel about indie artists and a lot of these artists being independent now and selling their own music, being in control of their own careers and moving forward? Hmm. I mean, that's always a big thing in, in my career because I've kind of taken the what I call the Dwayne Wade position on the industry, which is the industry snuffed out a few careers that I, I cared about, and mm-hmm. because of that, I will never reward them with any of my success, whether it be small or large. Um, I will take the indie route just to prove the industry a point. I don't need you. We never needed you. And that's my right. own personal bias. That's my own personal scars when it comes to, you know, record labels and dealing with ARs and, you know, in the early 2000s when I thought I wanted to be signed and all that type of stuff. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so, so glad that I grew out of that I want to be a signed artist um, phase because I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Once I realized I didn't need them um, and I wanted to do everything myself, I became my own my own boss, my own god, my own master. So it was right. having a label would just be like subscribing to another type of god, another type of deity, and I was done with deities. I was done with gods. Excellent. Right. And for those of you who aren't familiar, A&R is artists in repertoire. Mm-hmm. And those particular individuals were responsible for packaging an artist, developing their public um, face, if you will, developing the story, their publicity, their public relations. And so that's what the A&R rep is. You know, they develop that artist. And one of the things that I've seen was with some of these artists, and especially some of these so-called gangster rappers, came from nice middle class, upper middle class in some respects, families. And the record companies got them and remade their entire image 
And, right. you know, they're selling this image on television, which is why I used to tell some of the young folks, what you see on those music videos, that's not real life. Trust mm-hmm. me, you see them wearing those fat gold chains, driving around in a Maybach or in, and wearing, you know, $5,000 suits. Rentals. In some cases. Yes, mm-hmm. again, it's rented. It's rented. That's not real life. Those, those, some of those boys speak Latin fluently. Some of them, you know what I mean? Right. Very educated. Yeah, right. brilliant young men, and right. they don't look that way. They don't believe that way, but this is the image that they have to sell. And when they first went to the record company, they had clean, informative, enlightening lyrics and an image, but the record company didn't want to sell that. They felt that it would not sell. Now, one person I will give credit to, MC Hammer. MC Hammer and Jay King out of Southern California. There, Jay King, for those of you who aren't familiar with him, that was the Timex Social Club and Club Nouveau. He put together those songs. Another variation of hip hop. Just depends on where you're coming from. But they they had their own. They were in control of their own labels. They were in control of their own product. With MC Hammer initially. Now, while he may not have been the best MC out there, everybody wanted to be Hammer because he could dance. He had a gimmick. He had a spirit. <laughs> Even to this day, I watched the old videos when I saw him do that little routine with Cy. I was like, Hammer! I wasn't paying any attention to Cy. I was just happy to see Hammer. But, oh, my you know, goodness, he's walking sideways. He was a typewriter. And so, you know, that's what I tell some of the young kids. You know, I mean, I meet young people from all over, whether they want to be, you know, some type of hip-hop artist and even some of the young ones that want to go into athletics. You know, I try to convey to them, go to school to learn, not necessarily, you know, play a sport or or spend all your money in the studios trying to get, you know, a contract of some sort. What you want to do is you need to know how to read your contract and you need to know how to add up your money mm-hmm. because there are a lot of artists that have done well but they end up broke because they mm-hmm. did not read contracts, could not read them, could not add their money up, did not invest the money properly. And I just think it's important that they understand the business side of what's happening as well because in many cases when you sign to these, you know, record companies, they take control of your image. They dictate to you what you can yep. and cannot say and do. Right. Well, in other words, say, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things they say uh, when I'm watching, like when I used to watch American Idol, like, yes, yeah, she can sing, but can we sell her image? You know, and Simon Cowell actually said that a few times right right there. Can we sell her image because there's a big woman or it's a goofy-looking dude or something like that? And <laughs> I, I, I really stopped listening to a lot of mainstream music. Um, once we crossed over into the new millennium, but the last rap, um, hip-hop artist I was really listening to was Eminem. And after that, I really just branched into almost every type, genre of music I could find. And the first time I bought a CD in like what five ten years? Well, actually, my friend had bought um, bought your CD for me um, like a few years ago, and that was like the first hip hop CD I had bought, like probably since two thousand one, two thousand two, and everything. Wow. But it t- it takes a, it takes a lot for me to buy listen to a hip hop artist nowadays because it's you know I don't first of all I don't like the prepackaged the prepackaged mm-hmm. TV dinner type music that is on, mm-hmm. the, on the radio nowadays. And you what you sit, hear the same five artists 
20 times in two hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's really like only like what, one or two companies is actually doing that? Yep. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's why we got to bring Unified. Point, yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's, a, that's a good point. I think a lot of the times, you know, some of the perceptions that people have, especially the young up-and-coming artists have about the record company are old perceptions. They have this thing where, oh, if I get signed, then everything will be will work out fine for me and take care of me and stuff like that. And that's just not the true but assumption so, of the... It, the reason why we do that, though, is because we talk about labels in that light. When we, when, true. With all due respect, Kim, the way you were talking about the label, it's like once they give you a contract, if you don't read it, they can take advantage of you. And But if you do read it, then you can have all your dreams come true. It's almost like that. that's not even really an accurate portrayal of what sure. a, a record label is trying to do. Because to me... What I was when I was being scouted by, you know, and I'm like, the, the labels don't even matter, just labels. When they were coming at me, I was one of 20 people they saw that night. At some point, hip hop became a business. So the label that we're talking about presenting the contract, he's presenting that same copied contract. He just pasted your name in it. He pasted mm-hmm. name. And he pasted Seagat's name, Tombstone's name, Lady Assassin's name, Adequate's name, and he gave us all different contracts, but they all basically just had, the only thing different was the name. The name. <laughs> but, but if somebody figured out somewhere around 1994, 5, that hip-hop was a business, that this, these people care more about getting paid than they do about saying, saying something. And we're going to take right. advantage of that. Right. So whether they read it or not, as long as the person says, well, am I going to get paid? Do I, I don't care if i got to read the contract or not. Am I getting paid? Yes? Sign on the dotted line. Our, exactly. our, our, our values have to change as a culture. Because right. when I see stuff, you know, with all due respect, in the chat room, somebody said, we all know rappers in their 30s still try, or people in their 30s still trying to make it as a rapper. But if I replace that word rapper with poet, would you mm. have the same negative connotation towards that? Bam. And I'm just yeah. being mm. Because no one looks at poets that way. No one looks at professional Nobody sports. asks them for their ID card. Right. <laughs> you, can be, you can be 60 years old and still trying to make it as a professional poet. But put rapper in there, and all of a sudden, oh, look at you. You're trying to be a rapper. That has to change. Yeah, there you I go. agree. There you I go. Agree. Excellent, excellent. As long as they're putting in you know, the hard work, putting in the time and the dedica- dedication, you know, to make it. And if that's their dream, you know, who are we to squelch somebody else's dream? And, right. and a lot of these guys are extremely talented. Like I said, you know, Dr. Dre, he ain't in his 30s no more. He in his 40s. Like, I don't right. know. Right. <laughs> right. Far away from You know, right. my nephew, I had to give a shout-out to my nephew down there in Atlanta, you know, DJ C-Styles. He travels all over the world with Curtis Blow, Grandmaster Flash. He's their official DJ. He was the official Ooh. DJ for Monique's show down there in Atlanta. And, you know, working with those guys and, you know, he's doing it and they're still doing it. So, you know, they're still pleasing the crowd. They're still making everybody happy, still making right. them rock to the music. So 
I say, you know, if, if that's your dream, you know, I tell everybody, you know, don't listen to these dream killers out here. If that's what you want to do, just be the best at whatever it is that, you know, you're for. And I'm a firm believer that the people who say, oh, you're still 30 and you're still trying to rap, they're just mad because they probably can't put two words together that round. <laughs> I, I think, too, it's time to redefine the concept of making it. Because because everyone doesn't have that exact same uh, definition of what making it is. For me, making it is doing what I'm doing now. I get to perform at shows. I have I have a, a, a small but steady and, 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 and consistent fan base that buys my stuff. I didn't have to go and and repackage myself into something that I'm not. Or even, my music. or even right uh, outside of all of that, that's cool too. But for me, all right, for instance, I have a song out from one of my old albums, Life, Love, and Music, called uh, Dear Father. I had somebody tell me that that song changed their life. I didn't get paid for it, and I was in my 30s when I did it. That's mm. what's making it to me, is ha- making a change in somebody's life that's positive. Absolutely. I, don't care. I could be living in a cardboard box if I have some way to plug my m- music equipment up <laughs> and, and still record, I'm going to do it. And that's all I can Absolutely. do. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you need Absolutely. money to sustain yourself. That's it. I don't need no big mansion and five Bentleys in the driveway and all that crap. Right. I think, I think it's like Ray said. That's part of the problem. It's the value system. It has to change. It has to change. We all, you know, I think we, we keep buying. I think we keep trying to reinvent or try to find some way to hold on to this whole idea of this quote-unquote American dream and everything. Mm-hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. I drive I drive trucks, Right. Every day I'm in more. I'm I'm in, I'm 33 and I feel like I'm older than that, way older than that because of the job I do, heavy load right. and stuff like that. If you can find right. a passion and make a little bit of money out of it, but you still love doing what you're doing, go for it. You don't need to be making exactly. six figures on everything you do. Right. I tell exactly. people all the time that what I do basically equates to a minimum wage job. But I could have a minimum wage job working at McDonald's, or I can have a minimum wage job doing hip hop. I choose hip hop. <laughs> Right. You go. Right. There you go. Absolutely. And I've explained to some people with some of these artists because you know a lot of people are laboring under the delusion that all of these artists are multimillionaires. And I exactly. Say, oh, well, you could, yeah, I, I told them. I said you probably have more money in the bank than some of these artists. Than they do. do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why it's important, and that's why you know where I was going with you know the indie artists, you know, maintaining their independence. Because someone who's not a um, hip hop artist but a big name artist, Prince, wrote "Slave" across his face when the company was trying. Yeah, they were trying to change his image, trying to control. But Prince was smart coming in from the very beginning. You know, he owned his own masters. He had it written mm-hmm. into the contract that his intellectual property was his and would remain his. And so that's when he changed his name to the um, artist formerly known as Prince because there was a time period. And when that time period passed, he changed his name back to Prince, and Warner Brothers had to give him all of his intellectual property, the masters, the vault, all of that. They had to give it back to him. So he was smart. And that's why, you know, I'm telling these young people, understand the business. If you want to go into this type of business, understand what's happening, but you know, again, some people have allowed the companies to kind of change their stance because I wonder if some of these people really are as homophobic as they try to come across as they are, or is it part of the image that the record company is selling? Because I'll give you an example. Most recently, 
um, Lord Jamar from Brand Newbie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about Kanye West, and everybody knows Kanye West is pretty metrosexual. You know, that's the title that a lot of people give him. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, when Kanye West wore a skirt, his 12-12-12 benefit con- um, uh, concert, um, Jamar called the rapper, rapper um, half a fag and a pioneer of this queer shit. And I mean, like, really? have us 
um, sort of being seen as immoral, deviant, you know, you know, primitive with this, you know, with this Mm -hmm. primitive sexuality, we're bestial, you know, all of those sorts of things. So, in my opinion, in, in my opinion, I think that we need more artists that are that are conscious about these things, and you know, not saying that they can't talk about violence that's going on in their community, they can't necessarily say the things that they want to say, but at least be conscious of, look, this is this is what I said, you know, this is what's going on, you know, but that's not all of us, you know what I mean? And, exactly. you know, I can, I'm also this, like, I might have come from this, I might have been, you know, a, a dope dealer, I might have, you know, done a crime, you know, or committed a crime, but these are the conditions that I come from, this is this is where we come from, you know, we're we're more than that. But question, you know, and you, know, you as a black question. man or you as a brown boy can do more than that, or you know, a, or, or or a girl, you know. Right. Question though, should, shouldn't shouldn't the listener be a bit responsible for their perception of what they're listening to as well? Maybe do a little bit more well, research. Well, that that's I mean that is also true, but again, as a as a as a representative of media, as someone who's putting media out there, you also right. have to be responsible for what your right. product is. So if your product is something you know, that say, you know, gets, uh, you know, like, for example, like when they were talking about um, the Central Park Five, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they 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 took the term wilding. Yeah. And, you oh, know, yeah. that, you know, doing the wild thing. Right. You know mm-hmm. I mean? So, you know, there, I mean, you know, there could have been more sort of, you know, in, in our community, more, People in the in the hip hop community, particularly where the where the you know they got the word from, where they well they misinterpreted the word, but you know what I mean. Trying to yeah. trying to let them know, like this is not what this is about. You know what I mean? We are not associating ourselves with this. Why weren't there like or why weren't there more people in the hip hop community other than like Talib Kweli on Twitter? You know, talking about you know Rick Ross and you know date rape. You know what I mean? I agree. The favorite scenario think, that he was. It's mainly on. because they stopped taking responsibility for the art itself. They stopped feeling responsible for it. And everybody gets caught up into their own little bubble. Of, this is what I'm doing, and they, and they and they stop really. Because there used to be a time where if somebody, that's been great to talk about this earlier. There was a time when somebody said something they felt that was felt to be misrepresentative of what hip hop was. The rappers would respond. Those right. days are gone now. Those days are gone, right. and, and it's a, it's sad. But no one's taking responsibility for the art at all. They're not. Right, they're looking at it. They, hmm? Can I piggyback on what you're talking about as far as responsibility? I know Randy was talking sure. about it earlier, and 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 how um, artists should take a, per, a personal stake and 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 just be more responsible about the, the content that they put out. Absolutely. But I feel like responsibility should some is something that should be shared by all of us. There should be no diffused mm-hmm. responsibility. There should not be, well, the artist has more responsibility than the listener. We right. are all responsible for the betterment of our culture. We should mm-hmm. all take mm-hmm. responsibility for that. Now, we all may disagree on ways to do that. That's great. But if we can all agree that we want to make this world a better place, then we can just start talking about how we can do it, and the details about that maybe will come out of discussion. Right. But well, I, think- I I understand I understand what you're saying, Gray, and I and I agree with you to a certain extent that the listener has a responsibility. But I think as agents, as as people with agency, 
using the forum that you all have, I think that you bear a little bit more responsibility. It's 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 as because what by by picking up that mic, whether you like it or not, it makes you a leader, in my opinion. But okay. I, 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 I understand what you're disagree. saying. Yeah, I I, I kind of I kind of look at it, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say thank you for answering my question. Thanks, guys. No problem. Mm-hmm. I I kind of look at it, man. It's like it, like people who are um listening to music or watching these movies or playing these games, you know, you have to know what you listen to. You have to know what you're watching. You have to know right. what you're playing. You know, yeah. it's, it's my opinion, and I don't believe that you are responsible. If you say, uh, if you put in your lit lyric, you know what I'm saying, that you, um, you shot somebody with a gun and everything and some other kid goes and does it, that's not your responsibility. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. If, right. If, if on the show Beavis and Butthead, Beaver says fire three times, and some other kid lights his house on fire. That's not MTV's responsibility. You know, I don't. I kind of think that an artist should have only a responsibility an artist ha- has is to portray their art right. the best way they can, and whatever means they can, and be honest with themselves, if anything. Right, I agree, you know, I and I think I think it really comes down to what you're trying to portray yourself as. Now, exactly. if it's, it's like if you're say, if you're going to say you're a motivational speaker and you're talking about I don't know food or something, that's a contradiction to what you said you are. Now, if you've come out as a conscious hip hop artist and then you start talking about you know big booty chicks and and, <laughs> and all that. Then right. that's then you're not doing the right thing. But if you come out and you're just doing what you know, whatever your life is about or whatever you feel like talking about, there's nothing wrong with that either. As long as you're not trying to portray yourself as, okay, this is how everybody needs to be and everybody needs to do their music this way and all that. I think it's a balance in that. It's definitely a balance in that because, right. you know, it, it's sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I, you know what I mean? And, and sometimes people, I mean, but with, by us all being human, we're going to make mistakes. And because I'm an artist and I have a microphone, doesn't mean I have all the answers to everything. Problem that's out there. Exactly. You know? Oh no, you're right. I agree with you 100 percent. Because especially when you're up front and you're some type of public figure, whether you're a rapper or athlete or a motivational speaker or what have you, you know, we don't have the answers to everything. And when we make statements, whether it's through your music or you know, even with me on the show, how you comprehend what we say, we have no control over that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not getting paid to raise your kids or run this country. Which, and that, and that, you know what? That's another good point there, too. I think that one of the main we, – we stop going for the root of a lot of these problems, and we attack it from the wrong end. The fact is I have kids, you know, and I, I don't teach my kids what to think. I teach them how to think. And the, the lack of, of critical thinking – that you know, just not being taught to the kids it makes them susceptible to not just uh, uh, negative rap lyrics, how they interpret the rap lyrics, to commercial advertisements, politicians, religious clergy, bad relationships. You got to start at the root. Like, my daughter's not going to listen to a rap song, and that's going to be her guide for her life. Exactly. Because then my wife, we, we take that time out to make sure that they understand how to dissect stuff using critical analysis. And we challenge them to do this. And not enough of that has happened. Like Raven said, it has to be kind of on both ends. It can't all be, the onus can't all be on the guy with the microphone. 
but also needs to be on on the listener for their own sake, for their own self preservation, to be able to dissect what this person is up there saying and decide if this is something that they want to uh, attach to a, a, a personal philosophy or something like that. Because I got to be honest, you know, just because I see a politician up there giving a speech doesn't mean I believe everything he's saying. And it's my responsibility to, to, to dissect what he's saying and, 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 and to be a truth protector to a certain degree to see if he's up there just talking a bunch of crap. Right, right, right. And let's play a mix from you guys. Let's No, not the mix. Let's play Dirty Laundry. Would you like Ooh, to play, ah, play yes. with you? Oh, yeah, let's do that. I, I would like that. <laughs> I would like that very much. All right. Do you want to tell everybody what it's about before or after I play the song? Oh, um, I can, I can, um, I guess, uh, talk about what it's about. Um, this is a, a song called Dirty Laundry um, from the Ryu Converses album. It's a joint album with me and C. Gats. Um, when, when we record music together, we call ourselves Ryu Converses. And the song is basically about airing out some of the dirty laundry that exists within our community, whether it be the black community or the atheist community. Um, and we try to, to take on a, in a very direct, with a very direct approach, this, this dirty laundry that no one really wants to get their hands dirty with. Excellent. Heard for the first time here on the show today. So everybody enjoy. Yeah. Right, you can versus the system. Yeah. Great and square. See gats. Pound to you. Check. Do a couple of shows. There's always more money. Come into my studio. It's always 420. Who cares if you cheer when I slaughter the beat? If you still a bigot like MLK's daughter and niece. Hip-hop's a father to me, while me and my mother can hardly speak. I'd rather die chasing victory than swallow defeat. A journey to transhuman from hollow machine. And all I really did was follow a dream that apparently wasn't meant for all. Black racist bigots no, I ain't akin to y'all. I've been to war, there's more insurgents here at home. These hypocrites care about no one else's rights but they own. And they still masquerade like they care about black folk. Affinity for false hopes, addictive like crack smoke. Their last vote, cast my back seaters. Just to keep propped up, a phony black leader. Deny people for who they are, this is a rerun. And if blacks don't accept all, then I don't care to be one. Race is just an illusion, it's fake anyway. I take a white humanist over a nigga any day. Too many black churches get a pass being bigots. It's funny, if you're God's loving, I must have missed it. If he has such a problem with vaginas rubbing or two dicks, then shit. Fuck him, he's really not worth my interest. And the Bible, too. The one you claim inspires you to deceive people like liars do. Your congregation's an abomination. Leaders with no accountability, just like an abomination. This is an open wound that can't fester. You take comfort in the faith that was forced on your ancestors. I have a dream, too. That one day, innocent people don't have to deal with dumb hate. As they come through like lightning, striking the monstrosities. With side rockets acquired quietly by a hierarchy. Trading lives away like it's Pokemon, but the irony. They're the ones with quiet things. Liar, liar with fire beats. Serpents in the lawn, they slither to make ties between the government and church. The situations arrive. Now, my problem isn't even aligned with the silly guys. I look beyond the surface and divvy the many eyes. I calculate the problems too complicated to solve them. But I know the answer's simple. I'm trying to reach the bottom. And the answer's in our minds. So, why do we dig to ride religion that has flaws, but hatred is inside? If you take away the dogma, the murder will still persist. You take away 
waves across and the clenched fist will hit In the name of some agenda, regardless, the shit's sick Quit the finger pointing and big sticks swinging and shit Cause if I'm wrong, then why the fuck does Charlie Checkham exist? The bigotry never dies, we only perpetuated Instead of saying Satan created us, look at rapists in the Vatican It's saddened in the seat of table capers And instead of hating Christians for praying, let's meditate It's not a matter of debating our points to claim the righteous Progression is a frame of mind and not a clash of titans I'm pondering the outcome as I write this We're fighting for our freedom, but the shackles tether tightly Got the tools within our reach, but we ignore them just to fight them And the goal is just the same, but one is running, one is climbing So the other may be higher on the chain, but he ain't rising I say it's knowing good and damn well, I'll be labeled offensive That's defenseless, so quitting though I'm just spitting what I deem to be the logical answer And in the end, an apologetic black free thinker giving his best What? Dirty laundry we air it out, mother. Yeah. <laughs> that was hot. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the hot endorsement. <laughs> oh yeah, I enjoyed that very much. But yeah, you know, dirty laundry. You know, let's talk a little bit about it. You know, one thing that I will say is quite a quite a few people in our community, both black community as well as, the, you know, the free thought community and that little intersection of black free thinkers, atheists, non-believers, you know, whatever you call yourself that falls within that Venn diagram right there. Mm. You know, us being able to, you know, talk about what's wrong within as well as without the community, but also being able to, you know, step forward and say, well, I don't know or I don't have the mm-hmm. answer that, you know, that's admirable, you know, it's definitely admirable to be able to recognize your own faults and to try to, you know, grow from that, but as well as have each other as sources and glean information from it. So I guess, you know, coming to you guys, you know, as hip-hop artists, what type of advice would you have to someone, not even necessarily in the free thought community, but just some young and -and up-and-coming artists? Um, I think, yeah, my my main advice that I give to all artists is that, you know, don't sell yourself short by being one-dimensional. As human beings, we have a wealth of experience in a lot of different areas, and I think your art should reflect that. But if your art is only reflecting one aspect of yourself, I think you're not even going to be the best you can be at it. I, I also don't think that you're going to be able to reach the people that, you say you want to reach if all you do is come from a perspective, uh, a very shallow perspective with, with your music. The other thing I would, advice I would give them is that um, be prepared to have a very thin, very thick skin because when you're doing this, especially if you're going the independent route, there's going to always be somebody with an opinion about what you're doing. Um, and many times, you know, all opinions don't weigh the same. So they have, remember, they're from the outside looking in. A lot of them don't have any reference at all of what it takes to sit down and pen around to, to, to label and get your delivery right. You know, they, they don't have a clue one to that, but they're going to have an opinion about what you do regardless. You have to have very thick skin. And take responsibility for your heart. If you said it, rubbed it. Don't come back later talking, oh, no, uh, you know, no, you said it. So just be careful of the things you say. Make sure it actually represents who you are as a person. That's right, exactly. Exactly. And basically, I'd say basically the same thing. Just 
first and foremost, a wise man told me, make music for yourself first and foremost. If 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 you know what I'm saying, if what you're saying is righteous, it'll catch on and people will like it. If, if, other than that, that should be your only motivation. Getting a record deal ain't it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think what I would suggest is that people understand that even if you don't, like let's say pursue a record label or something like that, you still need people who believe in what you're doing in order for you to be successful. So do uh-huh. what you believe in, because chances are there are other people out there who believe in what you believe in. If it's, right. if it's the purity of hip-hop, there are people out there who believe in that and will support you, that will make sure you can keep doing it. Um, right. So I would say, above all, even more so than avoiding labels, is do what comes from your heart, because chances are it's in somebody else's heart out there, too. There you go. And, you know, you know like I said, guys. Go ahead. Not, well, like I was going to say to you guys, you know, these guys are accessible. You know, they do shows all over the country, keep an eye out for them. Because they're getting out there, they're doing big things, and, you know, they're approachable. And you can go and talk to them. They're friendly. And, um, you know, they've been around the community for a while and, trying. you know, they've been conveying, you know, positive messages, trying to get their music out there, trying to get the word out, you know, about not only free thought, but just, you know, enlightening you as to life and, you know, how the betterment of yourself as well as your community. And I definitely wanted to just thank Gray because Gray reached out to me a, a little while ago because he knows I was dealing with some difficulties health-wise. Absolutely. So I just wanted to say thank you, dear. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Well, since I got that love fest going, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Travis there. Had a lot going on back there. We'll bring them back in a minute. But, um, you know, but, yeah, guys. So, yeah, so where do you see hip-hop? Uh, let's let's be realistic. Three years from now. Hmm. Tombstone. Gats, you should feel that one, Gats. Honestly, that's um, that's really hard to tell. Um, it's it's it's. I'm not gonna say always evolving. It's constantly changing. That's for sure. I think in a lot of ways it's devolved, evolved simultaneously. Um, uh, the the optimist in me is I'm thinking it might it's gonna start. Becoming more lyrical, I think uh, lyricism is starting to make a comeback. As funny as that sounds, talking about hip hop rap, but uh, <laughs> but I think you know, uh, you know, I think I think um, th- th- things are changing for the better. They might not be going at the rate that we would like, but I think things are getting better and, and starting to advance in a lot of different ways. And I think, uh, uh, like you mentioned, Frank Ocean earlier, that's an indication. Um, there's another song by an artist called Macklemore. I just recently heard. Apparently, it's been out for a while, but I'm late. But um, I, for, I forgot the name of the song. I forgot the name of the song, but it was, you know, it's, from what I gather, a straight, a straight white privilege. He's, right. What's it like? I don't remember. But um, it was a straight guy rapping about um, uh, you know, living as a gay person and and being accepted. And, and to me, that's an indication it's going in the right direction, even if it's just one or two artists. Excellent, excellent. We have a lot of positive rap artists out there as well. We want to definitely acknowledge them. One of my favorites, Common, here from Chicago. You know, great lyrics, um, great MC, great rapper. Oh, here we go. 
what's the difference between an MC and a rapper, if it? Hey, Kim, can I answer your question, though, before that one? Um, Because I definitely want to get my take about where hip-hop is going to be in in three years. Yes, sir, Um, please. But I would would hope that, like like Gat said, we are in a better place in three years than we are right now. And I think there's evidence to show that we're moving in that direction. I would like it to be going much faster. I think we'd all, on this side of the fence, would like it to see, yeah. you know, instead of it taking three years, this should have happened three years ago. Yeah, we should right. we should be somewhere so, we should be so much further down the line than we are. I feel like we're making up for lost time. So I kind of have a sense of urgency where it's like, come on, y'all, hip-hop, let's get it together. So instead of, you know, um, looking at it, in three years, I'd just like to say that hip-hop is still in its infancy. We're still young as a culture. We're only 40 years old. There are older mm-hmm. cultures out there, jazz, blues, classical, you know, that are far older than we are. So, right. you know, give us a little bit of time, and, and I, th- I, I think you'll be surprised. Excellent. Cause speaking of jazz, you know, let's talk Guru, Set the Sonic. You know, if you guys aren't familiar, you know, there are plenty of them that incorporated jazz, you know, into hip-hop as well. And, you know, in different forms, you know, um, classical music has been incorporated in some songs. Guys, just get out mm-hmm. there and get a little bit knowledgeable. Listen, you know, because even today, to be honest with you, there are some hip-hop artists that I just really have a hard time listening to. But I'm going to have to open my mind up a little bit because, um, you know, what's that guy's name? Q, 2 Chains and Wayne, Little Wayne and all I just yeah. I can't do it. I try. I just can't do it either. So don't, nah. don't, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. And, and I don't think you should strain too hard to have to go and, and, and lift that if I really don't. You know what I mean? It's because there's a lot of different selections of things out there for you to listen to. Many of it is independent, on the underground, whatever, but you don't have to hurt yourself. Because <laughs> I won't do it. I refuse. I'm not doing it. So, so. And there's something else to be said about that, too, because I think Randa touched on it, and she said the power of the media. And, and I'd like to say that I feel like there's so much more attention given to a, a, a 2 Chains or a yep. a Rick Ross. It seems like we have to invoke those names to make the examples. And to me, I, I would almost say there should be like a whack rapper blackout. You know <laughs> At all. You'll say, he he who shall not be named or she who shall not be named. Right. But we've got to stop giving them plug. We have to replace them with with, with somebody who could use the light. Like, see, God said, Elzai. Elzai is one of the most prolific MCs of all time. And we mentioned his name one time. Right. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. It's almost as if... um, it, it's, it's it's a schizophrenic way of looking at things because if you look at so take take porn in America, now, this country has a puritanical outward position on that, yet it still sells a lot. So the people complain about the two chains and the Rick Ross, this that, never say, oh, it's terrible. Stop buying that stuff. <laughs> like stop supporting that. <laughs> if it's terrible, stop supporting it. You know, but yet people still support. They're still cited as as a, as an example or whatever. Like we 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 can't. We got to stop talking about from different sides of our mouth, right? If it's bad, support it. it, it stop supporting it with the dollars. Don't go to the shows. 
Because, because the only way I'm telling you, the way the, the industry works is if you don't hit their pockets, they're not going to change it. It's not going to be that way. Exactly, exactly. Be- because and whether it's negative press or positive press, it's still press. Still advertising. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And, you know, what I used to tell people back in the day, and it still applies now, most of these artists, the ones that are signed, they don't make their money from the CD sales or the downloads. Not sales. at all. They make, yeah, they make it from touring. They make their mm-hmm. money from touring. So, I mean, if you really want to hit them in the pocketbook, don't show up. Right, right. And and if I if I'm so bold, su- support the artists that you think are doing things you you think an artist should do, because many times you know we we'll overlook that aspect of it, but the independent artist is doing a lot of the stuff out of his own pocket. Mhm. And he's saying he could very well. I heard somebody said a while ago, tried to make a criticism and said, oh well. They're rapping about atheism because they think that somehow there's a market for it. Are, are you serious now? <laughs> now, 85% of the American population self-identifies as Christian. So if, if I really wanted to do this strictly by marketing or, or selling music and stuff, why wouldn't I appeal to the larger audience? Right. It's, it's ridiculous. So you know what I'm saying, if, if this is a, a, a thing that you, that you, that you, you agree with, like the approach with us, support those artists. Support those artists so they can keep it. And it's a way to give a, uh, you know, to just show the industry that they don't control as much as they like to think they do. They, they're under the impression that they make the stars. Make the, the, right. the, the, the decisions on what's the new trend, what's the new musical thing that everyone's into. And you got to take that away from them because everybody is very rebellious about everything except for these industries. Mm-hmm. And DJs exactly. need to stop hyping these songs up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop dropping the flex bomb on somebody singing Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Baker's Man. It's not, yeah. it's not cool, man. Stop it. And just, you know, to give people, you know, some insight, me personally, I prefer the underground artist because it's artistry at its purest. And the music is just absolutely phenomenal. Some of these underground artists can sing, rap, (laughs) MC people under a damn doormat. Seriously, we have some seriously talented people out there. And, you know, what happens, and this is one of the industry secrets that people don't realize, record companies would sign some of these artists and then shelve the the project and hold them to that contract so that they could not compete with the artists that they That's had right. on the right. mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I know someone they did, that, they did that to personally. But unless yeah. you give me $80,000 a year to put me on a shelf for five years, that's a terrible contract, however you say <laughs> <laughs> Right. right. Hey, you know, and my ex-girlfriend had... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, babe. My ex-girlfriend took... Um, went took me to this uh, concert with Diggy. Uh, I was supposed to be there, uh, Russell Simmons' son. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about this is two and a half hours of me playing words with friends during a concert. Right? <laughs> I mean, not only I mean, not only am I not relating to it, because most of these are kids and everything like that, but they're also their radio stations there, and they're playing the written music. And it's like I just, just listened to two hours of the same song. I'm yeah, gonna kill myself. Yeah. I mean, 
But yeah, guys, exactly. be even if it's different, you know, than everyone else, applaud that. Applaud is nothing to be ashamed of. Right. Right. The last thing you want to do is put yourself in a box. And then, because as you grow as a person, because as I got older, I stopped really caring what my peers thought. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even read my comics around some of my peers. What you doing? Read? Come on, we gotta go out here and do this on the corner. What you read these comics for? That's, you know, as I got older, you know what I'm saying? As I got older, I stopped caring. So you know, you know, you, you got to be yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's that's a big part of whether or not you're living a happy life. Because it, 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 if you're constantly spending time trying to hide your interests and the things that you're into and the things that you think, that can't be a happy existence at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, you know, we have a lot of growing, a lot of growing to do, but I see the evolution is getting better. And, you know, I want to definitely give a shout-out to Saya. Um, This is a lesbian rapper, and she did a video on her take of Jay-Z's open letter. And Mm. she did a track, and this track is straight fire. And I'm going to go ahead and um, put it on my wall a little bit later. And definitely got to check that out. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, she met up with Jay-Z, but, you know, nothing came from it. But um, basically, she wants to sign with T.I. because he co-signed her music. So, you know, definitely, yeah, you know, the name of her album or her latest release is D-Y-K-E. And I'm just going to post it a little bit later. But, yeah, you know, you have some artists out here that are basically um, coming out, being themselves, and not caring what anybody has to say. But, yeah, when you all hear her track, it's kind of dope there. She did a real good job. But, you know, we just have her, you know, accepting people as who they are and moving forward. But, you know, you guys, you're doing a phenomenal job. You know, you're doing a great job. And, you know, I appreciate, you know, your music and what you've done for the community. And definitely, you you know, wishing you all the best in your future endeavors. And if you all don't mind, would you um, like to tell us about some upcoming projects you have coming? Um, yeah, we, uh, well, we, uh, we always hold the GU radio on uh, Saturday, Saturday evenings. Um, and we usually play, you know, Grand Unified Music, all of our artists. Uh, we have the Ryu Converses album coming out this summer with me and C. Gats. I know Tombstone has a project. Tombstone, you want to tell them about that? Yeah, I'm, every Halloween I drop a, um, a EP. I actually started this last year. Um, my last uh, EP is entitled Death Lives. Get that down on Bandcamp. It's a Tombstone, the Dead Man, slash Bandcamp.com. This year, this October, we're going to call Anthropic Man. So should be on the for that. Oh, and we also are trying to put together a show in, in Seattle. So anyone that, that's, you know, in that area, outside that area, that wants to come, wants to get the details nailed down and stuff, we'll let everybody know. Just come on out and check us out. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> our, G, our GU after parties are wild. So, I mean, you'll definitely, yes. you'll definitely enjoy those. If you, just, if you like coming out, having a good time, and grooving to some positive and science and secular-based music, you'll enjoy us. So. Ask anybody I was in D.C. or Austin this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is excellent. And if you all look at the cover page for the show, 
we have links, you know, you'll see it highlighted in blue, but we are grandunified.com. You can find um, Grand Unified, Grey, all of them. See, yes, you can find them on Twitter as well as Facebook. They have the fan pages. Um, their individual fan pages as well as the Grand Unified fan pages, they are all over the place. And, again, you know, look out for that. And also, if you all pay attention, every once in a while, Graydon will get this hospitality mood over him, and he'll release his <laughs> stuff for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> See, that's how I got his albums. <laughs> So just pay attention. You never know when the move may hit him, and he'll give you guys a free download. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I, I, well, I haven't done that in a while. I may have to, I may have to do one. Uh, yeah, I may have to do one this week or something. And uh, most yeah. of the stuff on my band, band, uh, band camp is free, so grab it. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. Excellent. And make sure if you all, when you do it, hit my hashtag up, um, Black Freethinkers, and so that fans can find it that way so they'll know to get it as well. So, yeah, you know, you can hit me up at Black Freethinkers or do the hashtag Black Freethinkers, so it's all good either way. But, yeah, guys, you know, you all are doing a great job. I'm looking forward to hearing more. What is this new album hitting the stores or hitting, you know, the Internet? I guess when when do you want to release it? I mean it's 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 our first album together as as a duo, so it's it's kind of like we're we're excited and we're kind of playing it really close to the chest because we want it to be pretty uh, spectacular. It should be coming out summerish. Oh yeah, I mean it will, it will be out before August. So it, yeah. before August, that album from you know Dirty Dirty Laundry, that song from that album will definitely be out, no question. And can I say one more thing about, you know, I just want to thank all the fans out there because we get some Absolutely. of the best fan mail from people <laughs> who, who listen to the stuff that, that we did and, and they enjoy it and it affects their lives in a certain way. And I'm, we're honored to do it. And I just want to thank them. And we were out and yeah, people coming from, from Arizona <laughs> to come and watch us perform. And I just, I, we need the fans for that because they've been very supportive. And I never thought any of this would ever, ever take place. So I just want to thank everybody. Excellent. And Tombstone, your wife, she makes products, mm-hmm. right? Yes. She, uh, well, business, she, business that she was running, she kind of closed that down, but she's something called <laughs> Spot Sack. And Spot Sack is doing really well. Basically, you, you know, if you are into natural products and things like that for the hair, and soap and all this stuff like that, that's a good place to go and try a whole bunch of different products from different product makers, independent product makers, and and you can decide which ones you want to support based off of the samples that are inside the swap stack. So you can also find that on um, on Facebook as well. Just do the swap, swap stack in the search bar and you'll find it. Excellent, excellent. We have someone asking for free verse, if you all could do a live mic free verse. Ah, uh, oh, uh, uh, that's, that's you, that's you, buddy. Yeah, and, and, well, you know what the rule always is: if hip hop ever asks you to spit something, you have to. You gotta spit. <laughs> All right, I, I got something. I'll, I'll spit something. No, I, I, yeah, I, let, let me get this. Yo, sick roast rap. Bend your big toe back. My mucus free flow is nothing to pick your nose at. Times are scary. Invade the wrong countries and you get your own library. You're still there. 
while you say you pray for the gays, they still queer. Deities is ineffective, it's still bare. Chill here while children are hungry and live in fear. That's why I'm always trying to spit something into your ear. Fuck a king up a dictator's ass, stuff the dreams of those from whom he was suckling. Puffin green, study and charge particles. If it's science, I love me a large article. Keep your gossip. Give me the spectroscopic. Beware of any absolutist professing logic. Who next in line to drop it? Like a bomb being deployed from the pilot's cockpit in Vietnam. Don't be afraid of the waters. The sea is calm. Only in naval region farther than people are. I want off of this leaky barge. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Let me, let, let me spit this one real fast. Let me spit this one real fast. All right. Um, the same schemes about money-making regimes and how nobody else can ever come close to your team and how you approach the scene and the people off screen. And this is the type of content they claim is so mean. Let's clear some misconceptions because mentally you're in the wrong direction. After inspection, you need a course correction. Music is a cheap commodity. Nobody has to buy it. See, they can download your shit and get it all for free. They have to feel your movement and really want to see improvement. It's not enough that a few of them groove to it. They're just a cookie cutter, a new trend-repeating butt-hugger with no agenda so you lack luster. I see you're kind of flustered. I bet you wonder how this old man can grab fans by your career is so stunted. And if I wanted, I could write the shit that you spit, but I respect it pop enough to not sound like an idiot. Mm. All right. All right. Uh, old man landing. Pressure's on me now. Okay, I got something for y'all, too. All right, all right. This is something off of Ryukin Versus. So, we are the illest tandem damaging you little bastards. I'll spit a passage, put a famine on any crew established. Two in action, bonded just as true as any human marriage. Moving like a basketball team just to improve the average. Silence your weak talk, it's thunder whenever we walk. Fire whenever we're mic'd up, lightning striking when we spark. Never did need guard, just these hard-ass beasts to bar. Spit sharp with his speech to reach out deep beneath and heal your scars with. Realize dreams and goals not motivated by the golden diamond. Rolex rhyme about a higher row where I'm a giant. I mean some high I'm flying Spying all the pseudoscience, shitting on a myth-inspired violence that is mired in a quiet choir of lies. Fire logic like fire wires, tired of the idol worship, why don't you just call me sire? The messiah of the beat-inspired empires, where everybody has a voice, a right to inquire. Ryukin versus a barrier, you can't get biased. Fighting like with Daniel from the Bible in the den of lions. Grand unified theory, so authentic death aligns. Quiet all the false talking leaners like a breathalyzer. The greatest venture ever conducted by humankind. This is more than music here to ruin all the stupid lies. Empower truth tellers like you and I to rule the skies. Who am I? Just listen to the rhyme. It's proven I'm a guy whenever I collide with great and what these two provide is something real related to creative design. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is great. And we have our own MC on the line here, Father Teresa. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's see. I'm going to get coming, coming straight off the paper here. Ah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. I let loose from the left foot with my chest cooked from the wake up in bakery pastry fresh goods. Maybe you better look to the west for the next jump. Colder than death and colder to your breath when your breath slumps. Frozen the corner, chosen to rest in a fresh box, dropped in the grave. Your body can lay where your flesh rots. Incarcerated to hate and part related to hatred. The the greatness of envy I tasted. The scars are shaped in the eight. If you figure I skated and rollerbladed the pavement and traveled half of the gravel with broken straightness I wasted. 
Oh my That's goodness. all kind of kind of kind of stuff I do. Very, very heavy on style. Yeah, very heavy on rhyme style. I, I put content second. You never know what I'm gonna rhyme about. It could be belligerent. It could be civil. It, you don't know where I'm going to go. I, I don't like to um, go into one area and be like, this is all I'm gonna rap about. But it all, it's always gonna be the rhyme style. No, nah, that was dope, man. That was dope. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about Putting it out there, getting it known Getting it out there Because I really feel that we should utilize the talent In our community So, you know, whenever I'm trying to do something I look to people in our community Because I want to keep the money And the talent and the promotion And the marketing in-house Absolutely, I just Absolutely. That We are an extended family We really are Absolutely and, um, you know, and just going to put it out there, you know, there are times when we may disagree on A, B, and C, but agree on X, uh-huh. Y, and Z don't mean that we don't love each other. You know, recently right. I had to make some decisions, and I know some people don't understand why I made some of the decisions that I made, but do not, absolutely do not take it personal. It was not about you. It was about me and my comfortability. So, and, and that's, that's where that stays. You know, because I still love you. It's just that um, I have to do what's best for me. I thought Brooks was calling in. Where is Brooks? Brooks, my brother. What up? Yeah. Waiting on Brooks to call in. But um, yeah, guys. You know, like I said, you know, keep up the excellent work. I hope to be able to get out and see one of your shows and have some fun and just enjoy you. I enjoy your shows when you do your shows. You know, it's, when it's not too late, because some days, you know, I'm in rapid eye moment, movement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a Saturday, kind of evening-ish, because we kind of wanted to make it a little bit more available to people on the weekends and stuff. Excellent. So we'll be keeping an eye out for that and putting all of that out there. But, um, you know, guys, like I said, your music, I'm seeing the growth in your music and in your lyrics and you know, like I said, everybody, you know, these guys, they're, you know, they will reach out to you. You know, don't be afraid to send them a tweet or to send them a little note on, you know, their fan page. They will respond. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're definitely, you know, they're, you know, real guys, down-to-earth people. And, you know, we're wishing them nothing but the best. But we're getting ready to play a mix. You know, Gray sent me a mix. You want to introduce it, Gray? Oh, absolutely. Um, this is just a uh this is just a um kind of a, a quick mix, um, a couple of things, just a sample or out of the G universe. Just uh we I think we have uh twenty thirteen on there. There's um mm-hmm. that piece of the dirty laundry song, Tombstone uh has something on there and uh, we got a, a verse from Gats off of another song off the Right You Converse's album called Hopeless Center. So I think you guys will like that a lot. All right, guys, and here we go with this mix here. And, you know, you're going to enjoy it because I was banging to it last night. That's why I thought the Bible, you won't need it for survival. Really, you just take your reason to the pagan static, idol propaganda. Shit is viral, idiotic, suicidal. So I guess we got to come and wrap this shit up like a cycle. No price, I fuck as I can. I refuse to take orders from a visible man.
rather die chasing victory than swallow defeat. A journey to transhuman from hollow machine. And all I really did was follow a dream that apparently wasn't meant for all. Black racist bigots, no, I ain't akin to y'all. I've been to war. There's more insurgents here at home. These hypocrites care about no one else's rights but their own. That they still masquerade like they care about black folks. Affinity for false hopes, addictive like crack smoke. The last vote, cast my back feeders. Just to keep propped up, a phony black leader. Deny people for who they are, this is a rerun. And if blacks don't accept all, then I don't care to be one. Race is just an illusion, it's fake anyway. I take a white humanist over a nigga any day. Too many black churches get a pass me and Shutting you down, you hearing me loud and clear. Boy, they cry the thousand tears, still getting hype. 
while I'm down in peace. Uh, it was no accident. The prophecy foretold of a plan this elaborate. Born to be a king like the man out of Nazareth. This style is not formulaic like the Pythagoras. So don't step to me. The results will be hazardous, especially if you're sleeping on the kid like Lazarus. Give me the mic if you know I'm never passing it. Any style of rap, you got to guarantee I'm passing it. Because the feelings got me higher than the cannabis. When I'm on the stage, shining bright like a candlestick. Wagon seeds getting so mad, they cannot handle it. Even on the microphone when they see me grabbing it. Make the ladies want to show me all the ass and kiss like it was Spring break and I'm the only one that they're jamming with. Don't be a mannequin. Get alive when you see me spitting. Freestyle of written, the rhyme is nonfiction. Oh man, man, that is phenomenal, guys. And you know, just want to let you guys know that you know I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate you know you're coming on the show. The doors Thank are you. always open. Always open to all of you guys. So Thank you know, you. Thank you very much. album. Let me know when it's time for you guys to do your your parties, or you're going to be playing a show. Let me know, and I'll definitely you know give you guys some shout outs and let you know maybe we'll do another show in the future. And you know, like I said, phenomenal. And I'm going to give you all a chance to give some parting words here. All righty. Who wants it first? Okay. Yeah, I was, I was asking someone else to go first. Caught us off guard there, little man. All right, well, I just want to, um, again, thank you for letting us come on the show. I really appreciate it. I had, had a ball. I'd like to thank all the fans out there for all their support. And be on the lookout for all the little different projects that Grand Unified Music is putting out there. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised at some of the other things we have that we're not even talking about right now. So definitely that. Um, I guess my parting words would be to continue to support us. I think well, a lot of times we ask for support, but we don't acknowledge the support that's already been given. So, like, let me do what Tombstone did and just thank everybody who has really grown Grand Unified to be what it is today because – you know, it's it's a small part us, but it's a large part because of the people who have grown this and, and have supported and shared our our work and stuff like that. So to those people, I thank you. And I say, if you want us to be the the norm and the standard in hip-hop, keep doing what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. I guess I pretty much mirror what uh, Tombstone and Gray just said. You know, thanks to everybody who's, you know, supported us as Grand Unified or even as individuals. Keep supporting good music in general. If you want to hear good music, keep supporting it. Don't just sit around and complain about it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, Also, I got to, you know, before I go, I got to give a a big shout out to uh, my other group, So Authentic. That's uh, Evil and Ag. That's right. Evil and Ag did. Two, another two of the dopest MCs I know personally, and we do a lot of music together. Um, we have a website, So All Inc. That's S O A U I N K dot com. Uh, check us out on there, um, and uh, you can check me out on Bandcamp. I'm Cgats dot Bandcamp dot com. I'm on Reverb Nation. Just look up Cgats, you'll find it. So, and thanks. All right, fellas. Any anything else? Don't eat the butt. Don't eat the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So while we're not eating any butt, we're going <laughs> 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 to play the Black Three Thinkers out row. How about that, guys? So 
Enjoy. Right. All right. <laughs> Y'all, okay. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good at the death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, bring it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. The next 